0: Hi everybody, you're listening to 15 in 15, a short series of podcasts commissioned by the Association of Contextual Behavioural Science to promote Worldcon 15 coming up this year in Sevilla in Spain. My name's Richard Bennett and I'll be doing 15-minute interviews with some of the movers and shakers from this year's conference in the service of helping you get the most out of it. In this episode, you get two for the price of one as I talk to Mavis Tsai and Bob Kohlenberg about functional analytic psychotherapy. Now FAP, as it's affectionately known, will feature this year at the conference both in terms of a pre-conference workshop and in the programme itself, so I was keen to find out more about this branch of contextual behavioural science. Unfortunately there's a cost to having two for the price of one, which is that the technical gremlins really gave us a hard time in this interview, so you might need to find a quiet space in order to get the best out of me talking to Mavis Sy and Bob Kolenberg for 15 minutes of FAP hi so i'm joined by mavis and bob hello hi hello and you made my list for the podcast interviews because you're running a pre-conference workshop on functional analytic psychotherapy so i'd like to hear all about that and uh let's see where else the interview takes us um it would be great just to get a little bit of background on both of you before we start right
1: so this, this could be background i could span a whole variety of things um, First of all, our, our connection to current ACBS goes way back. So I just wanted to, to kind of point that out. And that is you know, that both Steve and us published our therapies, introduced our therapies to the world in 1987 in a book by Neil Jacobson. So that's where this first kind of connection occurred.
0: So that's 30-year 30, 30 history then? That's right.
1: And then we've been, Mavis, we've been at CBS WorldComs from the beginning. Although we, we we disagreed about this a bit, right? I think mm-hmm. we had Linköping Link Link, in 19... Xiaoping 19- was, was
2: that the first one? I Rich, think that was,
1: no? yeah. I think it was the first one. And I think we've been to every single WorldCom since then, except one or two. Right. Yeah, so this is another... I started looking for things to kind of get back into our history, and, and in 1993... There's a paper by Kornberg, Hayes, and Tsai called Radical Behavioral Psychotherapy, Two Contemporary Examples. And again, this was another time when we introduced both our approaches together at the same time. And uh, and I've actually looked at the paper, because I don't remember what we said. But what we said was is that the kind of therapies we do actually are not similar, not very coincident with Cognitive, typical cognitive behavior therapy. So that was kind of started us. Kind of work got started uh, off on that foot, and that was we're doing something pretty different.
0: Okay, so you were doing something different from what was prevailing at the time, but but something
1: similar to each other. Uh, well, we had we had a similar theoretical background. We were all basically functional analysts, Skinnerians. Mm-hmm. and uh, and at that point, at the point that we were writing about this stuff. Um Skinner, Skinner's stuff was actually not being used during the psychotherapy session. There were analyses that went on from a from a behavioral standpoint, but there was actually no actual treatment that was based on that. And Steve originated the treatment based on that, and that and that uh, actually was what act was on. It had a tremendous impact, by the way. So I don't know if you know that but that's what got started. Me saying, look at we did it. He took behaviorism and brought it into the therapy room. And uh, it was a real impetus. We did the same thing. And I
2: think what we did that characterizes that is that we really focused on how the therapy, how therapeutic opportunities present themselves when clients come into the room. So rather than talking about what's happening in their lives what they're struggling with outside in their daily lives we look at how their issues actually come up in the therapy relationship so sounds like
0: you're about to say something yeah i was just going to say that i of the two approaches i would consider myself to be much more familiar with act than than fap um and the one short FAP workshop that I did, oh, that was what really struck me, that it was a very kind of moment-to-moment live version of functional analysis. And I hope I'm not misrepresenting things, but please tell me if I am. If, is, is that the sense that, that, that you're talking about, the kind of that, that in-the-room thing?
1: That, that is the sense. And I am going to relate it back to the whole idea of behaviorism and uh, bringing actually behaviorism into the therapy room the reason there was such a struggle in trying to do this is that all of the behavior therapies uh, worked with individuals in their real life situation kids in the schoolroom hospital and uh, they delivered reinforcement contingent on certain behaviors Mm. and it was thought that you couldn't actually do this in the therapy room since the therapy room involves two people interacting not in the real environment in which their problems occurred and I would say I would say the big shift came for us when we looked at at what was happening in the therapy room and we basically said this is the same stuff that's happening between us, the therapist, and the client that happens between the client and and their real life situations, their outside situations.
2: So in the workshop we will be giving an overview of these theoretical principles but we're also going to be spending a fair amount of time focusing on exactly what's happening in the moment for our workshop attendees and how they can be their most vulnerable, authentic selves, because that's how we're most powerful in the therapy for our clients when we show up as our fullest selves. And rather than just talking about that, which, I would love to engage you in the moment. In terms of who you are and who we are as our fellow selves. Are
1: you in for
2: that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you're talking about an experiential kind of introduction to this right here, right now.
2: Right here, right now. Cool. So if I really knew you, really knew who you are, what would we know about you on a deeper level? I guess you would
0: know something that goes beyond the, the fronts that I put up maybe. Yes. I suppose, um, I mean, one of the things I often share with people when I'm training acts is, is about my anxiety and about things that people perhaps don't think I struggle with, or maybe I don't look like I struggle with, but, but nevertheless I do struggle with. So. um, Whilst I do a lot of standing up in front of people at the same time, it it always fills me with, with anxiety.
2: I think I feel that way too. I just gave a FedEx talk on creating extraordinary interactions and it's one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. But I think this authenticity that you're talking about, did you notice how... We just connected more. I mean I just felt more connected to you in the moment when you said have you know,
0: this underlying anxiety that you struggle with. Yeah and and can I say something just in, in the sense that I sort of intellectually know that probably other people struggle with it too. but when I look at other people I I sometimes think I'm alone with it and it's really nice to hear you say that, that, that you struggle with that too. And I guess I share that sense of connection that you're talking about. So I have to raise
1: my hand and sing. And you know, I'm I'm anxious about our interview today. Right now, right. I would like to make sure that um, I'm coherent, that I say the right kinds of things, that I try to reflect something about the values that we embrace and that being present and being genuine. Yeah. Being present,
2: being genuine, being vulnerable, really seeing and hearing and embracing where the other person is at. We have this concept of clinically relevant behaviors, which uh, and looking at problem behaviors as we call it clinically relevant behavior ones, CRB1s versus CRB2s, which are target behaviors, and this is what we're trying to pull from people. Just what increases their sense of connection with themselves, and their people, what increases their sense of empowerment, their boldness. And so rather than just talking about that, we are going to be doing experiential exercises that really help our attendees focus on how they can be their best selves, not only in the workshop, but in the therapy office.
0: And can you can you say something about the the link between perhaps, say what we just did there, and how that how you think that benefits people in terms of their being the best therapy self, uh, and also how that links to the to the the notion of uh, functional analysis.
1: So, uh, well, for me, I was put on the spot, so I got anxious immediately. <laughs> I needed to kind of come up with for me, how is this interaction that we're having related to my daily life interactions that I'm not that happy with. And again, it's this idea of me wanting to present a picture of myself that's kind of coherent and bright and tapped. uh, And certainly um, one that that shows kind of a sensitivity that I have to people. So I'm put in that position. And uh, and so I'm hoping that by being open about this, I'm actually be, being able to be more present with you right now. Mm-hmm. And will help to be more present in all kinds of situations. I mean, would you say that that captures the key of what we do?
2: Well, there's, there's a modeling and an invoking aspect. So we're wanting our clients to be open and vulnerable and genuine the best way that we can bring that forth is to be that way ourselves. Right. And so what we're hoping for is that from this interaction that we're having, where we're connecting with you more, we're connecting with us more, if you were gonna go see a client, you would take this deeper level of connection with yourself into the therapy office. Yeah. And they would
0: be that way and it generalize other people as well. Right. Again, I'm, I hope I'm not misrepresenting it, but, but, but one thing I suppose that resonated with me just then is that you, you you talked about sort of behaviorism 101 kind of ideas, like if you want someone to increase a behavior, then you need to, you know, one of the things that would be helpful is for you to model that behavior and and then to offer people the opportunity to demonstrate the behavior themselves And then when they do demonstrate it, you want to offer some reinforcement. And I guess I I felt very reinforced when you said that you felt anxious doing your TEDx. Um, It reinforced my uh, disclosure of my own anxiety. I think that captures it. Yeah, it captures it on a
1: cognitive, intellectual,
2: theoretical level. And I think that's very important and also to balance it at the hard it, Right. So it's not, it's not just, I think that's one thing that FAP does really well, which is blending the intellectual with the emotional. Right. So that's, that's what we'll be offering in our workshop, having this theoretical framework that bookends the really emotional exercises that we'll be having that help people delve into what it is that is really longing to be known and seen for themselves, what, what they feel most afraid of contacting, and how they can return home for themselves. So one of your questions was, Who, who's this workshop for? Mm. It's for anyone who's really brave enough to look at how they can be more aware, courageous, and loving in their therapeutic work and in their daily lives. And it doesn't matter if, they, if they're completely new to fat or if they're really advanced in fat because there's always further that they can go and mm. we have just new ideas and concepts and exercises that we're bringing that we're very excited about.
0: Okay, and is, is there a kind of minimum requirement? Is there is there people for whom you think mm, maybe this wouldn't be as suitable?
1: I don't think so. I mean... I you, think don't, you don't have to be upfront and say I'm going to take all kinds of risks and so forth. I mean, the idea is we want to set up an environment that enables that to happen, but yet it's very accepting of people out because everybody varies in their repertoires and what they can do and what they can't do.
2: I would like people to be to have a sense of willingness. When we started this interview, I said, "Are you are you willing to to try something different?" And he said, "Yes."
1: Mm-hmm. So. And I, and I tried to warn you.
2: <laughs> you did. <laughs> so, you did.
1: <laughs> so, by the way, I think that's the two of us. As you can see, I, I much more go into kind of a more intellectual, conceptual way of looking at things because that actually helps me to be yeah. more vulnerable and open. So, Mavis talked about bookending. To me, that's the function of the bookending, to make it possible to stay within the, the comfort step, right outside the comfort zone, and yet do these things
0: right so so that the, the 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 double act is, is functional in all sorts of different ways
1: right we're we're very we're different other like different yeah. we're
2: different we're a really good team
0: yeah yeah um well it's been really useful to um get a window onto what this is what this work is like and i think it's hopefully really informative to people that are listening i just wondered before we wrap up is there anything that you that i haven't asked you that you think it would be useful for for me to have asked you or anything else that you wanted to add
1: I need to mention we have we have this uh we have this connection with spanish spanish colleagues, but which goes back quite a ways and uh, so i always appreciated their input into our work and published works related to that and so forth.
2: Yeah, we're really excited to be coming to Spain. Looking forward to seeing our Spanish colleagues.
0: Great. Yeah, lots of people that I've spoken to when I've kind of asked them this question have mentioned um, people like Carmen Luciano and the, the team there and and talked about the fact that maybe They're a little undervalued, or we we don't perhaps um, give them as much daylight as we could. Well, listen, it's been really really lovely to speak to you both, and it just remains for me to say, and nos vemos en Sevilla, that we will see each other again in Seville. Thank you very much.